Greetings, everyone. Hey, how you doing? It's Matt Seller. Today, we are doing another spoiler talk review for The Mandalorian Season 1, Episode 5, or Chapter 5 if you want to be fancy, called The Gunslinger. Joined with me via satellite radio, it's Mark from a galaxy far, far away. How you doing out there, Mark? Why does this planet have so many suns? It's so hot. Because when you're there, it brightens up the day even more. Aw, thank you. Before we begin, folks, uh, as another reminder, while the show is generally for family, we are talking more towards the college age of our intended audience. We are having a discussion on the craft of filmmaking, so take in consideration that this review is not meant for younglings. Yeah. If we're all clear on that, let us begin. So, Mark, why don't you give the fine folks the general synopsis of what this episode episode they just watched. After narrowly escaping a pursuing bounty hunter in a perilous dogfight, the Mandalorian lands his damaged ship at Moss Eisley and leaves it in the care of Pele Moto, the dock keeper. At a cantina, he comes across a young, inexperienced bounty hunter eager to join the guild known as Toro Calican. Together, they set out to apprehend the mercenary Fennec Shand in order to get credits to pay for Mando's ship, all the while encountering the perils of the planet of Tatooine, such as Tusken Raiders, Dubaks, and Baby Yoda who just won't stay put. Wow, that sounds real interesting, Mark. Now, before I hand the floor to you to kind of give your opinion, I will start off with this review and say I actually really enjoyed this episode. And I remember watching a couple of reviews from uh, pundits I like describe the show as like a Western series, which is very much true in the fact that, yeah, it's Western inspired. Most previous episodes, like, yeah, I see that, but it still kind of feels like its own thing or more adventurous rather than Western. But for this episode, for me personally, it definitely had that vibe to it. And I really liked that. Did that have to do with the fact that it was actually in a desert? Yeah, that too. It matched the theme more for me. Uh, well, it bears mentioning this is the second episode directed by Mr. Dave Filoni and actually the first one of the series written by him. This is also the first episode so far not to be written by Mr. John Favreau himself. And I think it kind of shows this felt kind of like a live action version of, uh, say, Rebels or the Clone Wars in terms of how it was done. I will say, if I had to get a negative out of the way right off the bat, the dogfight and the guy pursuing him just seemed very lackluster to me. I did not think it was a very exhilarating start for what it was presenting me. I think visually speaking, it looked like it could have been something great. But I mean, like we were in the void of space. We didn't really have like a setting or scale of like how fast they were going. Any of like the turns and all that. It was kind of basic. And I like the idea behind it. Did get a little machismo for me, especially on the final hit of the pursuer. But yeah, no, um, in terms of talking about cons, like I do think that the CGI wasn't great in this episode. Like it was cool to see the classic uh, episode one droids back at Moss Eisley. However, I didn't think they were rendered well enough to be convincing in the environment. Though I will say, when they handed the gun off to the pit stop owner, that did look seamless. Like, I don't know if she actually did have a gun or they CGI'd a gun given to her or something. Either way, just some of the CGI wasn't that stellar, but I think it was passable for something like this. No, yeah, I'd be interested to see how well the pit droids look 
here compared to episode one, just for the progression of CGI, because I never thought they looked exactly very real. Oh, I have no doubt they look much better in this than they did in episode one. There's also uh, one thing this one does is like in episode one in particular, they're moving around very, very quickly and almost cartoony like they're a lot more subdued here, which I think probably helped a little bit. But also, yeah, like the do back in this episode didn't look particularly great either. But overall, I think my favorite part of this was mostly just between Mando, the pit stop owner, as well as the newbie kid who wants to get into the guild. I just like that interaction. There were quite a few funny moments for me that I really liked. Not like haha or anything crazy like that. It's just you could definitely see the clash of personalities trying to work together, kind of sharing an alternative motive behind each of them. It just felt complex enough for me to like really engage with what's going on. And I think that's probably why I enjoyed the episode so much. The the pit shop uh, owner, Pelimoto, might have been one of, honestly, she quickly became one of my most favorite Star Wars characters in a while because she just felt like a Star Wars character in this weird way. I don't know. She was she had a strong personality but wasn't, you know She felt genuine. Yeah, that's it. It was a genuine personality and presence from her. Especially given in the setting we were back in, Moss Eisley, I think it fit perfectly. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And um, uh, shout out to the Tusken Raiders. Uh, they come back, of course, in this episode because it wouldn't be Tatooine without them. And uh, we certainly can't do the Jawas again right now. They do the whole, you know, looking through the binoculars thing all of, you know, the back in the day. And then they show up. But uh, I was waiting for it to, you know, be in the lens. And it's just like, I don't say, oh, yeah, they're far away over there. And the man was like, no, they're right over there. They're just like, and I'm just like, man, I love how comedically stealthy the Tusken Raiders can be. Which uh, we kind of uh, get a little more insight to the Tusken Raiders, you know, culturally to them, you know, everyone else is, you know, the intruder, which I think was interesting and they can be communicated with. That was actually really cool. Yeah, I definitely think it was smart writing there. And I like the fact that we got negotiation out of them instead of a scuffle. I thought that was really cool. And, uh, you know, I wasn't too keen on the kid. Uh, He went somewhere places I didn't think he was actually going to go, but um, I don't know. He looked... I don't know. He kind of, in a weird way, had looked out of place. I agree with that. I think I've said before, he looks a little too modern. Yes. Like, I wish he was a little bit more scroungier. But also, uh, Ming-Na Wen, uh, the original one and only Mulan, uh, is our uh, escaped... uh, Assassin. Gun for hire in this episode. Assassin, yes, thank you. And uh, she kicked some serious butt. No, she certainly did. And for a while, it felt like she was in control until she was kind of backstabbed by the kid. However, with the way the episode ended, it doesn't seem like that'll be the last we'll see of her. I thought she died. I didn't. I thought she was incapacitated because she kind of had like a slow, like, days out. I don't know. Like, I assume she's a lot tougher than she looks, but it seems like at the very end of the episode, before the credits actually roll, someone found her, and my guess is they'll probably resuscitate her, and she'll probably want revenge against Mando or something. I don't know. That would be cool, because actually, you know, it'd be really interesting to see, um, because we did the whole, uh, you know, at the end of the season, will Lando, like, well, Mando, not Lando, uh, will uh, he build up a crew? And if on this journey, like, quite honestly, like, IG-11, I think he won't, just given the promotional material. But who knows? I've seen misleading promotional material a hundred times. But if like IG-11 and then uh, Ming-Na Wen's character were to be resuscitated and, you know, part of the conflict against the Mandalorian at the end, and it was kind of, you know, each episode could either have someone, you know, at the end join him or not join him. I think that could be interesting. I mean, we're we're definitely going to get that Dune character back. Mm, absolutely. So 
I'm sure a couple characters we met along the way are going to come back. Because I remember one of the common complaints, at least about the last episode, which I personally didn't feel it, but a lot of people felt like it was filler. And I guess that would be a common feeling if we think we know what the overall arc is of this series. And we kind of really don't. It's really just about Mando protecting the baby Yoda child. And I honestly don't really know what the end game really is, except maybe Mando will find a home for the baby Yoda character. But apart from that, we really don't know what the actual arc is going to be. So it's kind of hard for me to say whether or not these episodes feel like filler or not. I don't know. I'm not the best judge of character when it comes to that stuff. I won't lie. Some of the episodes that people have called filler for me were actually my favorite episodes. So what do I know? Right. I mean, it's all subjective. Whatever appeals to you. Appeals to you. If you don't like it, don't like it. That's all fine. And I mean, filler kind of has a negative connotation to it, I think, when we talk amongst, you know, shall we say the nerd culture. But there's nothing inherently wrong with it. It's kind of just like, you know, having, you know, everything has tropes, but, you know, that doesn't mean it's, you know, cliche necessarily, you know. Of course, it really depends on how the series will end. We'll depict whether or not some of these chapters were more towards the filler aspect or not. And I think it's too early to say. I think the best we could do right now is just say, hey, I found this to be an entertaining episode i like the characters or i learned something interesting about this world they're presenting and i really think that's the best we can do right now for sure but um anything else you'd like to mention matt for the episode so far or anything you're looking forward to we will have uh for the next episode the return of rick famuiwa if i sorry if i butchered that returning to direct who uh directed uh episode two the child and uh, i think we both really enjoyed that episode uh where do you think you uh, any thoughts which is actually kind of funny because right now i feel like this episode is tied with episode two for me personally really i i kind of like both of them i just don't know which one i prefer because like i said the second one was like the first time i felt like we were on an adventure and i like that episode five was definitely adventure for me and i like that i don't maybe i like this episode a little bit better i think this is my top episode right now oh some difference of opinion then but all right well that's how we should go we can't all agree on everything otherwise that'd be boring matt don't you know the internet says we all have to like the same thing and if we don't we're stinky doo-doo poo-poo heads also no oh but before we go though i will say one thing uh i think it was retconned or resolved uh i guess the holiday special didn't really happen thanks to this episode because if i remember correctly in the holiday special one of the segments was the bar in moss isley was being shut down by the empire and so they were finally closing their door in that special i think we actually returned to that same exact bar in that episode. It looked like it, but I questioned it because in uh, granted years have passed at this point in particular. It's also not as crowded. Yeah, it may be real. I liked some of the creatures in there, though. There were some good practical effects in there. But um, at this time, maybe it closed down and reopened because this bar was being run. This cantina was being run by droids and the original owner didn't quite care for droids. Yeah, maybe the way it went is that, yeah, the Empire closed it as according to the holiday special. But because the Empire was destroyed and this takes place five cycles after. After that, I assume it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to like reopen it and have it run by droids to spite you now. So take that. Equal droid rights. <laughs> droids are hardware too. And that'll do it for our spoiler talk review for The Mandalorian Chapter 5, The Gunslinger. But you heard our opinion. Now we want to hear yours. Let us know in the comment section below. Did you like the episode? Did you not like it? Share your thoughts. Join the conversation. If you like reviews just like this, be sure to subscribe to my channel. Ring that bell. Like this video. 
If you want to support me directly, please go to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Matsella. Consider donating as low as a dollar a month will help go towards my podcast channel, art, animation, and content made just for you. This is Matsella. This is Mark. Thanking you all for tuning in.